Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 78 of the MJ Cast. I am Q, and I'll be joined today by co-host Jamin Bull, and it is a regular news and discussion episode full of lots of Michael Jackson and Jackson family news and fan chat for our main discussion topic. And of course, we've got some tunes. Enjoy. Welcome to the MJ Cast. The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Jamin, welcome back to the MJ Cast. Thank you, thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. You weren't on the last show, it was just uh, me hanging out with Bryce and Letitia. They were in France and I was recording at the dining room table. (laughs) I feel very acquainted with the show though because I think from memory I was listening to the show as you were having a conversation when it was being recorded. Um, You were, you were in Mission Control. Uh, You had family over that day, I believe. Oh, that's right. I had heaps of people buzzing around the apartment. I couldn't actually speak it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, I heard it, yeah, and then but that I was a really it, so. good show. It was good. You did a good great show. You did a great job. It and was awesome. It's been very well received. Thank you. And you picked good music for it. <laughs> Thanks. I think. Um, what did I choose? The scream. There was a scream remix. And yeah, that was else. actually my least favorite. Oh, okay. There was a. They they don't care about us, and then there was a stranger in Moscow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They were good. Because I sent you like a whole bunch. I said, here's a whole huge collection you choose out of these. And uh, yeah. Did you realize that you also put those tracks in the song, in the the episode, the same order that they are on the album? Yeah, I did that on purpose. Yeah. Ah, well, I picked up on that and I thought that was really cool. (laughs) I was going to, I, I started off by, yeah, it wasn't in order and then it just didn't feel right. I was like, hang on, these three songs go together on the album. They need to be together so anyway i'm glad you noticed that <laughs> there's a few I little totally things we noticed. do at the mj cast that we don't talk about very often that we do as little easter egg style things that that i don't know if people notice but anyway you know like like, like the, the little, episodes or no no in the, tweets. In, the, in the show notes and stuff like you know how we like rotate i don't know oh, i don't know if you realize but at the end of the show notes for every episode i rotate between keep michaeling and michael on as the final sentence of yes. the show notes. I had picked up on that. Are we going to drop Elisa's in there as well? Yeah, we should start putting... Yeah, okay, we're going to start putting... Um, what did she say? Stay bad. Stay bad. We're going to start doing that. And the other thing I do is on the sh- social media artwork that we put out on Instagram, the um, the show art either being at the top of the image or the bottom of the collage. That changes every episode. Yes, yes I know that. And then... In my tweets, usually I put a funny little image for the web link. I love that. (laughs) I was thinking about experimenting with, I like how you've started doing like the, the pick for the podcast download link. You have an emoji of 
an iPhone and then like a ray of sunshine above a city. I was thinking maybe yes. we could use like a storm cloud with the fax machine. For the <laughs> That's funny. I never thought of that. For the yeah. webs. <laughs> uh, our listeners are probably, oh. what the hell are you even talking about? Because they're, they're like, already subscribed to us, about? aren't you guys? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. And where can they do that? Where can they subscribe to us? Let's, let's do that now. Sure. Well, I mean, they just really go to iTunes um, or Apple Podcasts, I should say, and, and search for the MJ Cast. There's other podcast apps as well around the place, like Overcast and Stitcher and, and TuneIn and, and different ones. And they just search the MJ Cast on there and hit subscribe. Do you remember the one? What's the one Elise uses on her Android device? Do you remember that one? Um, podcast Addict or Podcast Revolution or Podcast Addict or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Android's a bit of a mysterious world to me that I don't know much about. Yeah, we should talk to Elise about that more. We should. Hi, Elise. I know you're listening. Thanks for doing show notes and helping with everything. Thank you. Such a huge help. Oh, my God. Yep. Elise is our web assistant, folks. So uh, you might be talking with her on social media, uh, reading her show notes that she helps Jamin put together and publish, and yeah, helping just carry the load and keep this show going and keeping it on the air, which we greatly appreciate. For sure. Yes. So that's where you can find podcasts. You've got a few little things for you did something in Apple podcasts that you want to mention in the follow-up section. Oh yeah. Um, well, uh, Apple podcasts this year just re released some new functionality where if you're accessing the app, Apple podcasts, um, previously you would just see all of a show's episodes in a giant list. Now they seem to be sort of divided up into seasons you have the option of presenting your show's catalog in seasons. And we always have had seasons in the MJ cast. It made sense because we all always go on a Christmas break. So now when you go to the MJ Casts page on Apple Podcasts, you will see us neatly divided into lots of different seasons. And there was a little accidental screw up <laughs> a couple of weeks ago where I accidentally titled um, one of our new episodes like, season 473 or something oh my ridiculous God. like that but i fixed it and our listeners our early listeners um were like the people who listened to the show before anyone else were tweeting me and they're like are we in the future uh, well anyway. we are here in australia sort of we are sort of I in guess. the future yeah yeah well record date today might not be no. This will be in the past. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the 28th of April uh, when we're recording this. So, yeah, thank you for doing that seasons thing in the uh, Apple podcast. That's very cool. And also another story to follow up on that we've discussed, I believe, in – was it episode 75? Our yes. launch episode for this. Yes. So we discussed a Kickstarter campaign for a documentary film, which was called Moonwalkers. And we uh, shared some of the details about it and shared the links. And you have a little update you can give, Jamin. Yeah. Um, look, it was a nail-biter, that Kickstarter campaign. It was. It didn't, like, to be honest, halfway through the campaign, it, it really didn't look like the documentary was going to get funded. There was, it kind of stalled in, in terms of the amount of people donating or uh, pledging, I should say. But right, right at the last minute, like in the last three or four days, pledges really started to pick up and then... It was down to the wire. It was like an hour out from the closing time and it still hadn't been funded. But then, um, thank goodness, Taj Jackson of 3T decided to share the Kickstarter on Twitter. 
And um, thank God it was awesome. You know, tweet uh, pledges just sort of started flooding in after that, um, and it was great. The guys got over the line, and Moonwalkers will be now coming out at some point. It will be completed. That's right. The Kickstarter was to finish the uh, production of the film, which has been four years, I think, in the making and completely privately funded by uh, the the directors um, putting this together. So this last bit is to get the last bit of filming done and to edit it all together and release it. And now it can happen, which is really cool. So I'm great. I'm just so happy that and grateful that um be able to see this film that I was like so keen to see finished. Yeah, I'm excited. Well done, Tom, and well done to the three Michaels, um, <laughs> as you call yourselves in the in the trailer. I look forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope there's an Australian screening somewhere, maybe in Sydney or something. Maybe. We'll film, film festivals and things like that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We'll keep you updated. Absolutely. Now, what's, um, what's been going on recently in Jackson's and Michael and Janet news and stuff? Oh, man. We got, we, what are we going to talk about? We've got a book to talk about. Will I Am has been using his mouth, mouth again. And <laughs> um, there was a nice little, like, uh, Indianapolis uh, news story that we're going to talk about. Got a uh, thing from Brian Loren. Oh, maybe yeah. Maybe some news related to that. There's a, we've already had details for a Michael Jackson tribute happening in June this year that we're going to mention. Someone had a 20th birthday and also wrote an inspiring opinion piece for Teen Vogue magazine. And then we're going to hear also from not only our correspondents, uh, Stephen, Charles, and Janneke, uh, we're also going to hear from Will Smith. <laughs> That's right, Will Smith. So stay tuned. We're, we're going to start the news stories now. Let's do you it. You can take the first one. How's that? Sounds good. Okay, so we've got another book coming out soon, which is exciting. This book is art-focused, so uh, you can all breathe a sigh of relief. We are not getting a book about plastic surgery. Um, <laughs> it's always good when an author decides to focus on Michael Jackson's art because we, we know how hard it is uh, for books about his art to get published. Um, so we're very grateful whenever it does happen. So Richard Lecoq and Francois Allard from France – um, I believe Richard is from MJ Databank website. They have decided to put together a book on Michael's music. Now, the book is titled Michael Jackson, All the Songs, The Story Behind Every Song, Every Video, Every Dance Move. Uh, it will be coming out later this year, I understand. Um, I've been speaking to Richard behind the scenes, and he's really excited to to um, chat with me soon to give me some more details about the book and hopefully in the future come on the MJ cast to go into a bit of depth around what's going on in the book. Uh, it does seem to me to be a uh, very, uh, what, how should I say it, a um, ambitious project. It reminds me of something that we would see coming out from uh, Chris Cadman, uh, like The Maestro, because this book is uh, in its title is saying it's really going to talk about you know ev everything, every song, every video every dance move so it's got to be in my mind this is i i can't see any other way for this to to be laid out other than like a glossary style book where you could you know you want to you go to the b section if you want to read about billy jean you go to 
you know, why if you want to read about you rock my world, that that kind of thing. I, I just can't imagine any other way it could be set out. I could be wrong. And we'll find out more details when we speak to Richard and Francois, I guess. But uh, it is a it is an exciting prospect, so uh, I look forward to it. Q, what are your thoughts on on this new book coming? That it surely must be the size of the opus. Yeah, like <laughs> oh my god, tackling all of the songs, every song, video, and dance move that surely would be ginormous. That's exciting, very cool, and it's still. So disheartening when we go into bookshops these days and you look on the music section shelf or the biography section and there's like nothing there for Michael and there's already like three or four there for Prince, you know, Kirk Cobain there, Elvis there, Beatles, Madonna, you know, there's so many others there, but you go there and there's nothing there for Michael. It's like, Come on, bookshops, lift your game. There's so many books out there now that you could easily stock. It's just sad. It's so good that their authors are still creating content and releasing it. I was in QBD the other day, just a local bookstore chain. and Oh, uh, we have it over here now. Oh, really? What is it? Yes, we do. It's it my favorite I bookshop. It was like Queensland Book Depository or something. Yeah, it is. I don't know. Yeah, cool. Okay. I think that is it. Well, I was in there and I went to the music section to see if they had anything on Michael and they didn't. And like, it was so bad. Not only did they have nothing on Michael, this is two whole bays of books. They didn't have anything on any black artists either. So like, it was Ooh. just, it was just like oh, eight. I saw a Prince one at QBD recently. Oh, I'm sure, you know, QBD has, you know, Maybe. books on black artists. Yeah. They just didn't on, in this particular shop. And it was, it was really, Damn. it was bad. It was Beatles. It was Elvis. It was Rolling Stones. It was, it was all the white artists, wall to wall, and just zero black artists. There was no Chuck Berry, no James Brown, no Miles Davis, nothing. No Michael Jackson, no Prince. And it was really disappointing to see. And uh, it, it is sad. And I'm totally with you. There needs to be more Michael Jackson books in bookstores and more books on the Jacksons and Jackson 5 and Janet. And this is a whole family of musicians we're talking about here that changed the world, um, changed the industry, yep. changed mediums. Uh, and it is sad that they're not represented better. So I'm fully supportive of what Richard and Francois are doing and I look forward. I hope, um, I don't know, like I, I was in the airport bookshop getting coffee the other day and I saw that this was in Melbourne, I think it was, and I saw that awesome Jackson's Legacy huge hardcover book so right beautiful. near the entrance. I was like, that's cool. That mm. was cool to see that. You've got that, haven't you? No, no, I, I still don't have a copy. I really want it. Oh, man. I really want it. Every, it's so good. It's just, uh, it's just expensive. Like, I, it's not too expensive. It's worth, it. it's worth it and it's a good price. I'm just, you know, like with Lee not working and stuff at the moment with Olivia, like 50, it's like every time I see it, it's like at least 50 bucks. So I've just got think a, of it as a paper app, Jamin, paper and then app. you'll buy it in a heart. Yeah. Think of it as a paper app and you'll buy it in a heartbeat. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Yeah. I think I'll do that. I'll do that. Um, <laughs> All right. You can, uh, you can intro this new story as well. This next one. Okay. Well, recently, uh, black eyed peas, uh, rapper and producer and well, just music producer in general, will I am has, uh, come out and done another interview 
it's almost like every single interview the guy does, he gets asked about Michael Jackson or he decides to talk about Michael Jackson. And that's fine. I mean, if I was him, I'd be mega proud of working with MJ as well. But in this this particular interview, he is asked about um, the songs that he worked on with Michael. And the, the the article is titled, it's an EWN article, and it's titled, Will I Am Won't Release Michael Jackson Tracks. And when he was asked about releasing the songs, he said, I would never do that. I grew up obsessed with Michael Jackson. When he called me to ask him to work with him, I didn't believe it was him. But those songs weren't perfected in the way somebody like him wanted them to be perfected. You don't do that. You have integrity. You respect the legacy. Now, here's my issue with this. And I I fully, if that is actually Will I Am's position on this and the songs aren't complete and and his judgment is that they wouldn't, it wouldn't be a good thing that they came out, then I respect that and that's fine. But that's not the story that Will I Am gives consistently. Every time he's asked about it, he gives a slightly different story. There's some interviews where he says, the songs are amazing. I've got them in my iTunes library and I listen to them and they're incredible. There's other interviews where he says he doesn't even have the songs. He'll say, Michael Jackson took the vocals on a hard drive when he was working with me and I kept the music, he kept the vocals, and that was that. Then there's other interviews where he says, I. there's one where he said he wanted to release one of the songs on his own solo album, Willpower, but then wasn't able to because of the estate. And then there's times where he says, I'll only release them with Catherine Jackson's permission. So I, I honestly don't know. When you when you lay all of the statements he's made about these songs up against each other over the years, they're just, they don't add up. I don't know if he's got the vocals. I don't know if he doesn't. I don't know if he wants to release them or he doesn't. It's like he changes his opinion every time he talks about them. But it doesn't stop me being curious from hearing what they sound like. But still, I don't know whether to believe this guy or not. What are your thoughts? I think he changes his mind all the time. That's all I've got to say on it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm cu- like you like yourself, I'm curious to hear them because they're like some of the most recent stuff that he worked on. And he was in like a good place when he was working on that stuff. And yeah. I would just be interested to hear that, but yeah. He just changes his mind all the time. Yeah. Maybe we'll hear him one day if there's a project that aligns with what his ethics are, but you know, we will see. Well, yeah, we'll see what that week brings. Yeah. All right, Q, what's our next cab off the rank? Yeah, the Indie Channel, which is a uh, Indianapolis news channel, released a little retrospective article on Michael Jackson's final performance in indie, featuring a little bit of never-before-seen footage from the Bad World Tour. And I just love, love, love seeing all of this. Like, when what what year is this? I'm scared to open the article because I've got a split <laughs> screen of different things happening on my I've iPad got it open. here. I've got it open. Um, was it 87? 88. 88. 88. Yeah. There you go. March 1988 was when he was coming through, um, when he was scheduled to stop in Indianapolis. Wow. Um, and he did two shows there because the first one sold out so quickly they added a second night and i just love seeing the news footage with like their big news reporter perms and shoulder pads and she's walking around the arena and she's (laughs) talking to fans and they're showing 
all the awesome 80s MJ fans in their in their sort of costumes and their concert gear. I just love seeing that. I just think that's the coolest thing. And that's why I'm glad you put this little um, little link in the show notes so people can go and check it out. Yeah, it's just fun. Like, I mean, the reason I put it in there mainly is because I from uh, from memory, there's some footage in this report that had been previously unseen or lost. Um, it's some very rare footage of Michael performing on the Bad Tour. Um, and also, it's just an interesting story to me. Like, Michael obviously continued to tour the world after the Bad Tour in Dangerous and History, but the Bad World Tour was really the final, Michael's final domestic tour of his home country. And not only that, but Indianapolis is, I'm pretty sure, the capital city of the state he was born in. So, like, this is a... It's not a far drive to Gary. Shout out, hopefully my friend uh, Tim is listening, one of my first sort of online MJ friends. He is in Indy, and the Hubs and I went over there and visited Tim at one point. And I, we got there by driving from Chicago and we, the, I, pre, I might have told this story a few times because you know me, I love repeating myself apparently because <laughs> my memory is so bad. Um, but when we were driving from Chicago, there was like freeway works and exits were closed and the signage was horrendous. And we had to take this little exit thing and it drove us through Gary on the way to Indianapolis and it was like nightfall and it was dark and then the the road sort of took us back to the freeway but then it took us back again and we're like oh my god we're so lost so we sort of swung through gary very quickly on the way to indianapolis good old indy so yeah indy's really lovely that's cool and can you just imagine the vibe on the night like i mean michael jackson the biggest artist in the world is like doing a home game (laughs) yeah it and was, that was the last time. The last time. For, for, yeah. Huge, huge. So, I mean, there's some interesting facts in here as well. The tickets were $22.50 each. <laughs> I mean, that's Programs were $10. <laughs> wow. So, $10 the, the program the was program. half the price of the entry. <laughs> hey, it's like, you know, merch these days, that's where they make a lot of money from. But yeah. the tickets now are just so much more expensive. Yeah. And uh, T-shirts were $17, I think. Yeah, yeah. But great footage. I think it's want to be starting something and, and something else. And uh, just just definitely check it out. It's a good link. You can learn a little bit about Michael history and where he toured and performed in the United States. He did perform again in the US later on, obviously, um, but never did he tour there again. Oh, except uh, I think he's... Ho- Hawaii, Hawaii for the history tour. Yeah, yeah, but not mainland. Not mainland, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Shout out to Tim. Love you, man. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that was a fun little article. And, uh, <laughs> you know, something else uh, I think that uh, we should tell our audience a little bit about is an article that went up online from Brian Loren. Now, Brian is a music producer who worked with Michael Jackson in the very late 80s and early 90s. They worked on a bunch of material that was originally planned to come out on the Dangerous album that didn't. You you would know, listeners would know Brian for songs like Superfly Sister. He produced that. That's a track on Blood on the Dance Floor. And he also did Do the Bartman. Um, and if you've ever gone to see a Siegfried and Roy show, The Magicians in Las Vegas, 
their theme song is uh, well, Michael's singing on it, and it's called "Mind Is the Magic," and that's a Brian Loren production as well. And a bunch of his other tracks have leaked over the years. If you're a mega, mega, mega Michael Jackson fan, you would have heard "Work That Body" and, and "Serious Effect." which are both Brian songs. Now, he's put this letter up online on his website. You go to brianloren.com. You can have a read of it. I'm not going to read the whole thing right now because it's it's quite long. But he he talks in the, the letter about the fact that he worked on so many songs with Michael Jackson that have leaked. Work That Body, Serious Effect, She Got It, Man in Black, um, Do the Bartman, Mind is the Magic. Uh, now, Mind is the Magic, Do the Bartman, they've come out for sale. You can buy them on iTunes, so that's a good thing. But the others, well, definitely work that body, Serious Effect, and She Got It. They have leaked. They've been available for many years to the public, and they've been pirated and torrented and stolen and enjoyed by fans for many years. And Man in, Man in Black has recently, just a very like a poor quality version of that song has also leaked. But... You know what? The problem here is that Brian devoted years to working with Michael Jackson. Like, that's a fact. You can't deny that. He worked with Michael for a number of years, and he hasn't seen the benefits financially that many other producers have had with Michael Jackson, unfortunately, even though they worked very, very hard on completed songs that many of us listen to and enjoy all the time. So Brian has put an article up pleading with with fans who have taken this, this music through whatever method you have, and he's just saying, look, I've set up a you know, a link, a PayPal, and if you could just give me, you know, a couple of dollars, whatever you think, just just to say, look, I love this music, I've enjoyed it, and fair's fair. So if you wanna if you wanna go to brianloren.com and if you feel the desire to to really support him like uh, many of us have, then the option's there for you to do that. And I know he really appreciates it. And one thing he really also appreciates in addition to being given a little bit of compensation there is um a message. He loves hearing from from fans their story of those songs, how they've enjoyed them, you know, how long they've been listening to them for, you know, what they mean to them. Send him a few words there as well, so he can enjoy that. BrianLoren.com. Think about going to the site and and uh, supporting supporting Brian's work. Very interesting. He's really the only sort of um, collaborator that has come out and done something like this. Yeah, I mean, well, every other collaborator, I mean, you think of Rodney, Teddy, Quincy, they've all had their, even if you get one track on a Michael Jackson album, you're set. You know what I'm saying? Like, Michael's albums sell like 20 million here or there. Like, they're huge. They shift huge amounts. Brian has had a song on a Michael Jackson album, Blood on the Dance Floor. But all the other ones that he worked on just, like I said, have leaked out. So he hasn't experienced what other producers have experienced unfortunately yeah but michael chose not to work with him or not release the stuff that was originally being worked on so i'm sure he's not the only producer in that scenario that michael worked with and stuff has never come out yeah yeah i mean it's an option he's not you don't have to give him money that's the thing like he's no one has to go to this website and give him money. It's just he's just saying like if you have enjoyed these songs over the years, then think about it. There's a bit more of a story to it as well than that. Like I, I personally don't think he would be doing this if the estate had said to him, right, well we have a plan to put some of your songs out in the future on Dangerous Thirty or whatever. But as far as I know, um, 
and I have I do know a little bit because I have spoken to Brian, but you know. Once, so yeah, let's yeah. let's you know to hear from the source. I think will help people not only learn more about the relationship and their work that t- they did together between Brian and Michael Jackson. But I think hearing directly from Brian will also help people decide if they would like to, you know, contribute to his. Uh, is it a Kickstarter? Is that no? It's not a Kickstarter. No, it's, it's like just a just PayPal a, link. Yeah. Okay. So just that fundraising, and stay tuned because you will hear directly from Brian Loren. Yeah. And Jamin asked a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> so, is it the next episode? Yeah, it is. And we don't usually pre-announce specials. We like to drop them in people's laps as a surprise. But um, our next episode of the MJ cast will be a special interview with with Brian Loren about his collaborations with Michael Jackson. And I go deep with him and I ask him a lot of questions about, <laughs> you know, his relationship with, uh, you know, other other collaborators and the estate and and how he's felt over the years about not having been recognized financially. And it's a, and I'm going to be honest, there's parts of the interview that were tough, were tough to have. I'm, and, but I'm um, going to be honest and say, um, <laughs> if you thought the Quincy Jones interviews recently were a bit wild, then uh, you're, you keep that seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're in for a wild ride. Yeah. And, and I got to say up front here as well, uh, <laughs> One thing that we we do at the MJ cast, obviously, is we, we put out interviews with collaborators and, and, and people who knew Michael Jackson. It is not my job to censor them. I do not necessarily agree with everything that is said to me when I interview people, but it is it would be wrong of me, I believe, to remove portions of what people say. You know, it's different if it's like an audio decision, like if there's an error with the audio or something, or I can tighten the show up a little bit to make it sound better. That's fine. But I'm not going to just or factually cut it. incorrect. Yeah, yeah. Like if it's something that is staring in black and white, going seeing this, and they're saying like they've made a mistake, or they're saying something that's completely wrong. I think even then, like I'm happy to, if that person then says yes, I did make a mistake, I'll take that out. But you know, for example, there's some things in this upcoming interview where where there's some pretty heavy claims and I've gone back to Brian and said, this doesn't necessarily add up. Do you still want it in the show? And he said, yeah, I do want it in the show. So, so there you go. (laughs) It's, it's going to come out. And, um, yeah, all I want our audience to understand is that I don't necessarily agree with everything that's said in the show, but I don't really want to censor him either. So there we go. Make sure you're subscribed. Don't miss that episode. That is for sure. Two weeks from now. <laughs> yep. How's the editing going? Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right. So there is an upcoming Michael Jackson tribute event. It will be on Sunday, the 24th of June, 2018 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it is being held and put together by Jenkins of the Moonwalk Talks podcast, the podcast that was there before us, laying the groundwork. It's going to be a night of games, trivia, movies, dance, art, prizes, and, of course, charity. It is a charity event, and tickets are $10 or $5 for 14-year-olds and under. Sounds fun. I mean, from what we hear every every year that 
Jenkins does this, people have a great time. This is the second annual Michael Jackson tribute that he's put together in Oklahoma. It's very cool. And this guy, I mean, Jenkins isn't, you know, he's not an amateur DJ. He does this, you know, he DJs all the time. So you're going to get a good, you're going to have a good time here. Yeah. You'll be putting together a great event. So if you're around the area, let us know if you're going and um, we can't wait to hear about it. But ahead to the show notes, you'll find links there for Eventbrite, I think is where the tickets are being sold. And uh, yeah, it's great that, you know, someone's organizing a charity event in honor of Michael Jackson uh, close to his anniversary. For sure. Good job, Jenkins. Oh my God. 20 years ago. Can you believe it? It's scary to think about. Where we're getting Do you old. even remember? <laughs> uh, not really, because I was not like you know. You know, I became a fan in two thousand and one, so I wasn't really. I've got little memories here and there of Michael before then, but I can't say I was really up to date with MJ News around the time his children were born. Yeah, cool. Well, but you were, you were. So yeah, I I was a fan. I sort of have memories of um, probably more clear when it was Prince because it was his firstborn. Yeah. I remember some, you know, pictures and stories coming out when Paris was born. And I just remember being very happy that at that point he had a little boy and then a little girl. So I thought that was really great little family and he was so happy. And it was just, it was a great moment as a fan knowing that Michael's dream was coming true, that he was becoming a father again. So Paris um, said goodbye to her teens with a star-studded 20th birthday bash. And it was a joint party with her manager, whose birthday it was, too, the article says. Paris Hilton was there. There was uh, Chris Brown. Um, who else was there? There was a lot of her friends. And it was a big, 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 big birthday. And, yeah, congratulations to Paris on her 20th. I love the photo of Paris Jackson and Paris Hilton. It's so cool. The one where she's got her glasses down, the red glasses. Yes. I love how, um, you know, they're like sort of like cousins, really. Yeah. I mean, sort the, of, they, they act like they're cousins and, um, you know, with uh, Paris Hilton's mum, Kathy Hilton, she's like an aunt to Paris. And I always think it's really cool, like, when they have photos that catch ups together, and I know uh, Kathy Hilton's very close with uh, Paris's aunt Latoya as well. Yeah, it's like a little trio. It's it's Latoya, Kathy, and Brenda Ritchie. Yes, it's so cool. <laughs> They're like the coolest friends group ever. There needs to be a reality show about these three. <laughs> I would watch the heck out of that. Um, but you know the story, right? About their names, sort of. Well, the story goes that Michael Jackson, Latoya Jackson, and Kathy Hilton all made a pact that when they had daughters, they would name their daughters Paris. But obviously, Kathy and Michael fulfilled their promise. Latoya hasn't had a child, but she named her dog Paris. Not her current dog. Okay, another dog, I think. I think I might I be wrong. I'm gonna have to fact check that. <laughs> I had heard it was because that's where Paris was conceived. Uh no, I think it's the I think it's the the story about the the names. Like I I think Latoya told that story. 
maybe on a. Okay. I think she told that on the I, show. I Life had of heard Latoya. that story. Yeah. yeah, I'd heard that story, but I'd always heard the other story as well. So I was like, okay, well, there's two stories. Okay, who knows which one's true? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh dear. But anyway, it was it was a cool birthday, and can I skip to the next bit? Of course. Paris has also uh, written an inspiring um, opinion uh, editorial piece for the amazing Teen Vogue magazine in the US. Now, I say that and people might be rolling like, how can Teen Vogue be amazing? <laughs> but it is. He's a teenager they at are, heart. That's what's going on. I don't, they, they are just tackling big issues. They are not afraid to write amazing political pieces about very sensitive issues in the US right now. And for um, journalists, you know, a lot of places are not letting, letting them write how they feel or they're all being have to toe the line because their media company's been bought by someone. And, you know, we saw that video recently of all of those news stations in the US um, that were owned by some subsidiary all releasing a statement on TV and they're all like clones. They mm. all are reading this thing. It's like, that was like crazy bad. Um, so like Teen Vogue has amazing stuff as content and it should be applauded because there's not, you know, a lot out there for young people in America to sort of be educated by. So this is something. But uh, Paris wrote this amazing piece uh, and it's about why HIV and AIDS awareness is close to her heart. So please go and read it. We're not, we're not going to read the article to you, but it is so worth the read and it's very educational and just a, she's a really good writer and it's got some great stuff in there. So head to the show notes, click on the link, read that piece. Um, but also Paris will be receiving the, now I don't know if you pronounce it life plus or like just life, but she's receiving the life award on behalf of her godmother, Elizabeth Taylor's AIDS foundation, Elizabeth Taylor's AIDS foundation at the 25th Life Ball, which is on the 2nd of June, and it's a huge charity event in Vienna. And I think it's actually possibly the largest charity event in Europe. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Really cool. Um, And just Paris, some words from Paris. I'm passionate about ending the stigma and misinformation surrounding HIV AIDS. And that's why I have made it a mission of mine to continue this fight for acceptance and a cure. 35 million people have died of related causes since the AIDS epidemic began in the 80s, yet people are still afraid to talk about it because of the stigma attached. People don't even want to be near someone that has HIV, even if that that person has the medications required to prevent transmissions. That was a proud little quote there from Paris about uh, receiving the award at this upcoming event. I just think it's so um, inspiring and refreshing to see such a young person being so active in some fields like this. I think it's really cool and sort of following in her father's footsteps. I agree. And there's a little quote from the Teen Vogue thing as well that I want to read um, that sort of sums up her uh, attitude around this or her passion, I should say. And 
She says, it's not just HIV and AIDS. Throughout the past decade, we've continued to see high rates of teen pregnancy, STIs, suicide, mental health issues, and HIV disproportionately affecting young LGBTQ folks and people of color, especially in areas without inclusive, comprehensive sexual and reproductive health resources like parts of the U.S. South. Like this young woman has such a passion for youth and problems that can affect people in minorities and I you know her heart is so in the right place and she can totally she is making a difference and inspiring people and I just think Michael I I don't often like putting words in Michael's mouth or saying like this is what I think he'd want or that kind of thing that's not my place but this is one of those times I can I can honestly say he would be so proud of his daughter so proud yeah I love Paris the activist it's really cool so good. Um, so I guess we're going to be crossing to one of our correspondents now. Let's hear from Janneke over at Jackson Source. Hey there, this is Janneke reporting for um, the MJ Cast. I wanted to talk to you guys about the Jacksons returning to the United States, or at least um, performing again in the United States. They will be performing at the Detroit Music Weekend on June the 16th, and they will attend a gala dinner the night before that, so on June the 15th. And they, they, I know that they usually try to return to basically their hometown or the state of their hometown as much as they can. So it'll, it's nice for the people uh, in that area that they can see, see the brothers perform again. I don't think they have uh, many other United States shows planned at this time. So it's basically Europe. So the people in Europe are getting lucky. They have shows coming up in uh, Ireland, the UK, Spain. I believe Germany is even in the works and even Holland. So they should be good. I wanted to talk to you guys about Janet. Besides uh, the Jacksons and Tito performing with the BB Kings Blend and his brothers and 3T performing and Austin doing gigs here and there. Janet is making the list complete, so it's it, it, it's it's looking really great to see all all the siblings out there uh, performing for the summer at least. So Janet has announced to be performing at a couple of festivals actually uh, in the United States, major festivals she's headlining, uh, and I think this is actually the first time, from what I can remember and know, that she's actually performing at festivals. And then on top of that, she announced that she is continuing her State of the World tour. Uh, and she's staying with uh, North America uh, for this time. So fans over there are really lucky because even myself, I'm still hoping that she she will return and bring the tour to Europe as promised before the, her shows were cancelled due to her pregnancy. But um, so Janet is doing really, really great, I think, and uh, especially considered she's not doing any promotional, the traditional way as far as press or radio or TV shows. This is all just booming and selling out from social media. And even her recent uh, dance competition, her um, her call for people to audition for her upcoming tour and projects, it's, it was just booming. Thousands of people uh, applied and sent in their videos just from Janet uh, with a video shout out to send in your audition. This just, that's just amazing. So many people are eager just to, to dance for the Queen. So the auditions have just been held and I think it was in Los Angeles. Um, and it's it's just a major, it, it was just, it blew up with all the people auditioning. Even one girl got in the news because she, uh, she actually was t- taping her audition 
right in the middle of the streets and it actually got her in danger and a, a cop instead of holding her back he was actually helping her i think that was somewhere in the state alabama in the united states but that's is so cool so i'm really proud of jenna for uh, for what she's doing also wanted to talk about 3t and for the guys to finally uh, release another single uh, and another album a physical product actually the single is going to be a digipack with four tracks uh, by the label warrior productions in france It'll be out on May of 11th, I think. And then the album, Chapter 3, will be out as a digipack as well, including um, a vinyl version uh, and a picture disc version. So that's going to be cool. So 3T basically have a package deal with Warrior Productions, uh, again, in France, uh, for the releases of the single Fire. The music video for Fire is coming up. for So for 3T fans like me, growing up with the guys as a teenager, it feels like I'm 16 all over again. And it may sound weird, but I know there's uh, many, 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 many women out there that feel the same. So we're, it's exciting and actually to have a product in your hands again. And obviously 3T are performing with their live band in Paris on September the 1st. Jackson Source has a special publication that is that I'm keeping update called The Music of 3T. It's a magazine uh, that is also available um, for purchase on demand, printing on demand basically. So if you want to know more about that, then check out jacksonsource.com. Thank you so much, Janneke, from Jackson Source. And of course, head over to the Jackson Source news website for further news stories as well. And we really appreciate. So cool having an expert correspondent to cross to. I love that. I love it too. And and everybody remember the Jacksons are hitting hitting us hard this year with, with live shows all around the world. Janet, the Jacksons, and 3T. So if you want to keep up to date well, with where... Well, not all around the world. Well, not all around the no, world. Okay, just not all saying. The world. Not in Australia. Hello, boys. Come over yeah, here. Thanks. Hello. Anyone. Um, <laughs> anyone. Come down. <laughs> we'll take Siggy. No. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so anyway, anyway, if you are keen on seeing any of the Jackson family members live in their concerts, Jackson Source is also a great place to go because Yannicka has a huge list on there of where they're touring and, you know, the venue and where you can buy tickets. Great resource there for people. So we are going to be playing as our first music break and something that you'll be able to vote on in the upcoming Twitter poll for your favorite music tune. It is a remix from the awesome Initial Talk and it is Janet Jackson and Kylie Minogue, Slow and Nasty.
This is Mike Smallcomb, author of Making Michael, Inside the Career of Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Cool little mashup. Now, Q, you, you're a bit of a Kylie fan, aren't you? <laughs> oh, my God. It's in the DNA. I had no choice, but yes. And happy golden era. Kylie has just released her golden album, uh, and it is phenomenal. I adore it. It is brilliant pop. It is, well... Yes, it's still pop. Everyone's calling it just country, but it's not. It's like country pop, and there's stuff in there that doesn't have a lot of country in it as well. It was recorded in Nashville, and it's a terrific and super, super, super strong album. So, yeah, I was pretty excited to find this little mashup. And it wasn't our first pick, but I suggested it, and you said, oh, let me hear it. We might put it in. So that's why it's here. I like it. I like her. She's great. And it's a great Janet song anyway. All right. So there's also been some developments in the Casio case for those listeners who are just tuning into the MJ cast uh, and maybe haven't gone back through our our back catalogue of regular episodes. We like to keep you up to date with um, the most important trial that's going on in the Jackson world right now, uh, which is the Casio lawsuit where a um, LA resident, Vera Sarova is is bringing a lawsuit against Sony Music and Angelixon for the three fake Michael Jackson songs that came out on his first posthumous album, Michael. Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a case that's it's heating up. It's very complex. Um, we'll leave it to our legal correspondent Charlie Charles Thompson, award winning journalist Charles Thompson, who just didn't he just get another award this week or last week? <laughs> yeah, and it's like a big one too. Like the. The last few he's won for the last few years have been like he usually gets like runner up, which is still amazing, but this this award is the top one in the and he beat BBC journalists. There were two BBC people nominated against him, and he won. Amazing, so great, well done, Charles. Crazy. So um, anyway, he's going to give you guys an update now about what's happening with the Casio case. Thanks, Charlie. Three of the defendants in a class-action lawsuit over three allegedly fake songs included on a posthumous Michael Jackson album have again tried to get the case thrown out of court, claiming that the fan who brought the action is hindering their right to freedom of speech. Sony Music, MJJ Productions, and the Michael Jackson Estate's executor, John Branker, have already prevented the case from coming to court for several years by filing a series of stalling motions. They argue that the case brought by fan Vera Sarova is a strategic lawsuit against public participation, otherwise known as a slap lawsuit. A judge has already sided with Ms. Sarova and ordered that the case continue, but the defendants are now appealing against that decision. Ms. Sarova is suing the defendants, plus co-defendants Eddie Cassio, James Port, and Angelix and Productions, over the inclusion of three tracks, known as the Cassio tracks, on the 2010 album Michael. Consumers were told that the three songs were recorded in the Casio family's basement by Michael Jackson in 2007, but many of Jackson's friends, relatives, and collaborators branded the songs fake when they were made public, a position which has been supported since by multiple forensic audiologists who've carried out tests on the tracks. Mr. Rover's lawsuit contends that the defendants misled consumers with a series of public statements claiming that Michael Jackson was the vocalist on the three contested tracks. She claims that the statements in question, namely statements on the album cover identifying Jackson as the vocalist and similar statements in a video promoting the album, constituted commercial speech. 
However, the defendants have argued that regardless of whether the songs are real or not, the lawsuit is unjust because the statements are not commercial speech, but actually contributions to a public interest debate, and therefore are protected under their constitutional right to free speech. The trial judge has already ruled that the statements are commercial in nature, but the defendants argue in their latest filing that that decision was incorrect, claiming that the album cover and the video are not advertisements, but are in fact artistic expressions. The defendants state in their motion that Mr. Rover's claim of fraud against Eddie Cassio, James Port, and Angelics and Productions is still viable, but that her interpretation of commercial speech, which was shared by the trial judge at her last ruling, is a novel theory which could have a chilling effect on free speech. Until this appeal has been heard, a trial over the veracity of the three songs will once again be put on hold. Another brilliant summary from Charles Thompson, our legal correspondent. Thank you so much, Charles. We super, super appreciate that. Do you know there was a little news story I forgot to share before? What was it? Latoya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Auntie Latoya. She's in a new TV show. She's, she is. Uh, Latoya is participating in a new season of the worst cooks in america celebrity edition and apparently they've asked her to appear in this show for a number of years and this year she was like <laughs> you know what i'm gonna do it i you know i can cook a few things i thought i could do them well she's discovered she can't and she doesn't and uh yeah now i'm just gonna put a call out i haven't seen this yet Me and neither. i really want to so People, if you're listening, hit me up with a link that can be played outside of the US because this is something I really want to see. So if you know a YouTube channel or what are those other video channels, Jamin? I don't know, know Vimeo. Um, Yeah. Those yeah. those ones, like no dark web stuff. Yeah, please but, don't you know, send Q just, to the dark web. He, he won't be able to find I'll his get way lost. back. <laughs> yeah, and I'll get lost. Like I'm lucky with all these cables and stuff I'm doing this right now. This is like the limit. I've got to figure out how to email this to you after. I don't even know I'm going to do that. But uh, yeah, if you've got like a, some sort of video website out there with this show on there that you can share that with me, send me the link and uh, you'll get a shout out in the next new show. Sounds good. Sounds good. I want to see Thanks. it too. I look forward to seeing that. I mean, all right. I'll make sure you, you get imagine the link too. <laughs> that's such a backhanded compliment, Latoya. We've been trying for years to get you on the worst cooks in America show. <laughs> oh, Mom, <God>. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about it like that. But um, oh man, I want. <laughs> She's great. She's great. She's good value. Good value. I, oh my god! And looks amazing. Did you see that split pic I put up on Insta and um, Twitter and everything? Yes. Yeah, She's brought the '80s headband back. That oh my god! She had this headband range in the '80s, and she's wearing it again. And my god, Latoya looks so good. Okay, so yeah, I forgot that. So there we go. Now we're uh, actually pretty much caught up today on the news. Pretty but much. We have another, yeah, pretty much. We have another correspondent. Are we going to cross to another correspondent? Yes, yes. We also have an update from the wonderful Stephen Hodges of MJFFC, Michael Jackson Fans for Charity. Stephen's going to update us on some current initiatives that are happening around the world that Michael Jackson fans can jump on board with. 
Thanks, Jamin and Kieran. Hi, everyone. It's Stephen here with the first of many MJ-related charity updates. As this is the first one, I'm very excited and, again, do want these to be as useful to you as possible in regards to you simply just hearing about the MJ-inspired initiatives out there or it being a useful tool for you to join one or more of the groups making that change. As many of you know, Michael did so much for charity throughout his lifetime and there are many fans and many MJ family members out there trying to continue with his amazing gift of giving. Each time I'm going to try and follow a format and we'll try and provide various details about an MJ-inspired fan initiative, an MJ family initiative, other charity mentions since the last update, an update on MJ FFC's charitable project and initiatives, updates to the global total of MJ-inspired charity fundraising, some shout-outs to those that have interacted with me or asked any questions since the last update, and lastly, my sign-off and ways you can contact me. I want to get stuck right in, so I'm going to start these off by talking about an initiative that is very close to my heart, which is Michael Jackson's legacy, otherwise known as MJL. MJL is a charitable organisation dedicated to continuing Michael Jackson's humanitarian legacy. MJL run various projects covering different areas, such as support for animals, the environment and children. The project that stuck out most for me was their Everland Liberia project. The basis of this project was to build a children's home in Michael's memory. It started in August seven years ago, and with the power of Michael's fans, they were able to successfully fund the home, and it is still going strong to this day. MJL have now completed various other projects, and I particularly liked their Heal the World project, where they have geniusly spelled Heal as H-E-E-L, where the aim was to raise money for shoes that grow for children. It is the little details like that that I love. They have a huge following, so I urge you to check out their site at www.michaeljacksonslegacy.org and links for all of these charities will also be in the show notes. I do want to say that MJL's team, which is spearheaded by D, is one of the most inspiring groups out there doing wonderful things for Michael's legacy, and MJFFC has even donated some money to them in the past via our monthly project. I hope to be including more updates about Michael Jackson's legacy's work in the future. I wanted to touch on some other charity-related things out there, including those involving Michael's family directly. Prince Michael Jackson is part of the Heal LA charity, which is run by himself, MJ fan John Muto, and a group of his friends at his university. Recently, in March 2018, they raised over $3,000, which is a huge amount, and is a testament to the power of how Michael's family and his fans can work together to raise charitable donations. This money goes towards their yearly Christmas fundraiser, and this year it will clearly be a big one. We'll keep you updated with Heal LA's progress in months to come. If you want to give them a shout out, they're most active on Twitter at twitter.com slash heallosangeles. There are, of course, so many other MJ-inspired initiatives out there, which over the coming months we will talk about in more detail. In brief right now, though, they are Michael's Dream Foundation, a grassroots initiative started by people from all over the world who want to make a real difference in the lives of children by helping them to recover from illness and injury in as short as time as possible. Paris Jackson's involvement with the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation as ambassador. Paris also turned 20 on April the 3rd, and just seven days later on National Youth HIV AIDS Awareness Day, she did an interview for Teen Vogue magazine about her involvement with the foundation, so I urge you to check that out. The link will be in the show notes. And lastly, 3T's DD Jackson Foundation, which Taj, Tarot and TJ set up to honour their mother DD. The DD Jackson Foundation's mission is to make their mother proud by continuing her legacy of love and charity. With the power of love, they hope to give back to those who have suffered great loss and make a positive impact through community and music therapy. 
We often do the Power of Love radio shows on LA Talk Radio, which touch on various interesting subjects such as loss and grief. They are certainly worth a listen. I'd now like to move on to our own Michael Jackson monthly giving project. Our project provides the tools for fans to be able to give as little as one unit of their currency per month to contribute to a larger charity pot. This is given away to a different charitable cause which members vote on at the end of each month in tribute to Michael. 100% given after transaction fees goes to charity each month and at the time this episode went out we have given to over 77 charities totaling £16,000 or $22,000. We currently have 42 monthly donors of just one British pound or more and with little help from the MJ cast and other fans we would very much love to get this number up as high as possible. In fact, after my introduction on the MJ cast, in episode 75, we gained a few extra monthly donors. So I thank Jane, Hugh and the MJ cast team for making this happen. Our highest ever number of consecutive monthly donors was 47. So if we were able to break through the 50 monthly donor target, it would be a very important milestone for the project. The general idea of the project is to provide the tools for potentially millions of Michael's fans to take part in a sustainable fan legacy tribute to Michael. For the smallest amount of money, we will literally be continuing Michael's lifelong plan of giving to those in need, and we will very much be making a difference. Of course, it isn't just about raising money for other charities, as there are various larger plans to put in place once we start growing. Fans join us from all different countries and backgrounds, so keeping it as low as one unit per month makes it as accessible as it can be for as many fans as possible around the globe. When you become a monthly donor, you can vote each month for your preferred charity out of a shortlist and even provide charities that you would like to be considered as a beneficiary for a future donation. You also get access to two styles of personalised certificates to download or print. If you'd like to join us, you can simply visit www.mjffc.org and hit the join button. It literally takes seconds and all of us can't wait to welcome you to our group. Something else we want to mention is the global total. All of the previously mentioned charity initiatives are entered into a regularly updated list which totals up all of the known MJ charity-related initiatives set up since Michael passed. Our 2018 update is now ready, and we can announce that the global total has now reached just under an estimated $380,000. For all of the details on what makes this up, you can view it on our website and can also update or add your own entry to this list. We do keep it regularly updated, so please do let us know if any initiatives you are involved in are missing as we would love to get them included. So this just about brings me to the end of this episode's first charity update. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank the new project members for coming on board. It's great to have you and thanks to all of those that are sharing details about the project and all of these likes, shares and comments really do make a difference. If you'd like to contact me, please do. I'm happy to answer any questions you may have for me on Twitter, and if any pique my interest, I'll try and talk a little bit more about them in the next episode. For now, though, thanks for listening, and don't forget to keep making that change. I have to just give a a special shout-out to Stephen. He has been so passionate and just brilliant when we spoke to him about this correspondent role, and his excitement is just fueling him it's so exciting and and yet yeah, we just really appreciate your passion behind this Stephen, and and all that you do for for charity and michael jackson so thank you for updating the fans and being a part of this it is it is very exciting and i've heard personally for a num from a number of people who have signed up to become monthly contributors to mjffc 
And just know that you are making a real difference if you join with Stephen and, and his crew and, you know, financially back some of these important projects that are, that are changing the world. It's awesome. Um, where are we up to? Are we gonna Are we gonna hear from Will Smith now? Yes, Will's joining us on the show now as our special sort guest. Of. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. Um, it's not our show, is it? it? Wasn't our show? No, it's, it's actually show. his show. It's his YouTube channel. And we're gonna drop the audio in from that now. The first and only time I ever met Michael Jackson was at the BET Awards, and I wanted to meet him my whole life. And I saw him like from across the room, but he was, he was just too far. And I was like, God, I just couldn't get to him in the crowd. And I'm like, the day has gone by. And I'm like, yo, I'm about to go this whole award show and I'm not going to meet my idol. I was like, I got to meet Mike. So they call me and they take me back and I'm about to present my award. And I see him and he's across the room. And I was like, a path. And I was like, oh, I'm about to meet Mike. I'm about to meet Mike. And then all of a sudden you see the crowd start to go into a little bit of a frenzy. And my security comes over and they grab me like, we got to move, we got to move. And I'm like, no, I got to meet Mike. They were like, sir, we got to move now. I was like, what happened? What happened? He said, sure, night happened. And they grab me and they take me and they run me across the room and I'm looking, I can't see and people are scurrying around down this hall and go around. I have no idea where we are. And he opens this door and shoves me into like this dirty ass utility closet. Just like mops and interrogation light bulbs swinging at the top. And I'm standing there and I got my head up against the door and I'm listening and people are running and I'm hearing screaming and all of that stuff. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Shug is a lunatic. He's still in jail, right? Because he... Make sure Shug's still in jail if I'm going to tell this story. I'm standing there and I got my head up against the door and I'm listening and people are running and I'm hearing screaming and all of that stuff. I'm listening and listening and all of a sudden it starts to get quiet. And I'm like, yo. And I hear, hey. Like, oh, sh-. And I turn around and Michael Jackson is behind me in the closet. I was like, oh, Mike? He's like, hey, how you doing? Oh, sh-. What? hey, what's up, man? What do you think's going on out there? Uh, sugar them, sugar them tripping. Shug's always tripping. All that success and he can't figure out how to be happy. Yeah, it's crazy, Mike. So you like comic books? Yeah, 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 I love comics, Mike. I love comics. You know, I didn't, I don't know nothing about no comic books, but I got, I'm here with Michael Jackson. I ain't gonna tell him that. Yeah, I've got a Fantastic Four, first edition, number four. Wanna trade for that? I got the, the new edition. Uh, the Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike. Yeah, that's the one's uh, first appearance of Ralph. I don't think I've read that one. So I got Michael Jackson, like captive audience, all to myself. I'm like, all the questions I could have asked, everything I could have said. What's the glove made out of? Uh, what's Tito like? Uh, can you moonwalk forward? Is Annie okay? All that stuff, blew it. And then all of a sudden the door bursts open and security puts his hand on my face and shoves me out the way like he never saw the Fresh Prince and said, Mike, we gotta go. And he grabs Mike, Mike goes to the door, and I'm laying back in the mops. And then Mike looks and he turns and he makes eye contact with me. He says, bye Will, see you around. And he goes off. And that was the only time I ever met Michael Jackson. I guess I got Suge Knight to thank for it. Talk about keeping it in the closet. (laughs) 
<laughs> my God, that's the best story. How funny is that? Yeah, it was very funny. And there's and since that story's come out, friend of the show Mike Smallcomb, um, author of Making Michael, he's shared on on Twitter. He's shared some pictures of Michael and and Will in the closet. Oh, that was that pic with the bodyguard. Well, I can't remember that guy's name. What was his name? Wasn't Dwayne? It was. Oh, oh it'll come to it's, me, it's Wayne. Sure. He's the bug guy, isn't he? From the History World tour, no? Might be. It might be him. Yeah. But yeah, I saw that on Twitter. But it's a story, and like the way Will tells it, and you can just completely imagine it. Like it's so funny. I know. I'm just trying to think about the the actual event that that happened at because Will's talking about it as if it's an award ceremony and. Yes, he mentioned it at the start. But in the picture, in the images of them together from the night, I don't know if it's just me, but it looks like another event. It looks like, you know, when Michael was with Whitney Houston on stage mm. in a Washington, D.C. event and he sung Maybe. Heal the World or We Are the World or something, a portion of the song. Michael looks exactly the same like in that. So I'm not sure if it really was an award ceremony. Will, maybe he was getting mixed up there. I'm not sure. But I've, I've also seen a couple of fans on Twitter making that observation, saying it might have been actually from this Washington, D.C. event, I think. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Michael's standing in front of the statue of Abraham Lincoln and he's singing. Yeah. 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 I think it's from that, maybe, but I could be wrong. It was funny nonetheless. Maybe. Very, very funny. Speaking of funny, I don't know if you can hear the uh, ice cream man is driving up the road. I can't. I can't hear that. So. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> That's good. But I'm like, well, it's no whippersnipper. But are you going to run out and get some ice cream queue? Don't tempt me. With they the- take pay like pay pass now. Like oh, you know wow. when you tap, you know, you tap your card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do that, and I'm like, oh my god, they That's actually the future. go through this um, neighborhood a lot. A lot of kids in like your I'm always hearing them. Yeah, actually, that's probably true. Well, you've yeah. built a house in like a newer suburb, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if there's there was there's like a, lot of a million schools here. There's schools everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schools everywhere. What's your favorite ice cream um, flavor? I'm a rum and raisin guy. Are you? Mm. The Hubs loves rum and raisin ice cream as well, but he also loves the uh, um, Ben and Jerry's Tonight Dough or. What is that one with that Tonight Show sort of host? Jimmy yeah, I think it's Fallon. called the Tonight Dough. Yeah, that one, his flavor. Oh. Um, I, oh, probably some sort of chocolate, but I just love ice cream. Yeah. Like you can put pretty much any ice cream in front of me and I'll not leave any of it left. It'll be gone. Yeah, I just, I'm a mega sweet tooth. Yes, you are. You love your chocolate. Yep. Uh, you can talk. I know. <laughs> you, you like your little chocolate cafes over now that you're living in civilization. Uh, yeah, I can't. I just can't decide between Max Brenner and San Shiro's. Hmm, that is a tough call. Yeah, yeah, tough call. It's probably time for another music break. I reckon. I after think so. Hearing from a bunch of people. So, what, what have you got for us? Hmm. Because well, I want to hear. I want to hear you um, pronounce this. <laughs> You're going to make me pronounce this. Okay, we have got a remix of the Jacksons' music's taken over. <laughs> I don't know how to say Be- this. Bella Bush and Fenderacillo Disco Tronics No, I don't mix. think it's Fenderacillo. I would, I would go out on a limb and say it's Fenderacillo. Fenderacillo. 
Yeah, okay. Bella so Bush. Bella Bush. And Fender Chillo <laughs> Discotonics Mix. This is Tito Jackson, and this Tito time 
And thanks for listening to the MJ cast. Bella Bush. What you're is so, Bella Bush? You're so easy to stitch you up. What is a what is a Bella Bush? I don't know. Isn't Bella the Ita- it's Italian for beautiful, so really there's beautiful bush. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> before you come up with some crazy sort of translation, hmm. um where are we up to in the show notes? I've scrolled too far down. So we've, we're meant to be we? having a main discussion topic now and we don't even have a main discussion topic. Well, we have okay. a main discussion topic. Yeah, we just haven't discussed what it is going to involve. Well, what is it? What are we discussing? Random fan chat. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Okay. We're just going to keep it light. We're going to keep it chilled. All right. You've had the least MJ week ever this week. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've been working to the bone. So like normally I'm on YouTube, I'm going down the MJ rabbit hole, I'm listening to music and this week I haven't. I just really haven't. It's been the fir- probably pretty much the 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 least MJ stuff I've done ever since I've became a fan. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll share an embarrassing story. Okay. How's that? Okay. Like here's the craziest thing that I have probably done for Michael. I went dumpster diving once. What? Yeah. Why? Because I I think the name, what was the name? It was either a sanity music store or tracks. Okay. Okay. And it was in, must've been at least 96, 97, maybe it was when the, history album was still for sale so maybe it could have been as early as 95 actually uh and they had a huge cardboard standee display for the album yeah and it was like a big box with the cd rack on top of it at a sort of sloped angle and then around it were blue cardboard grecian pillars Mm. sort of thing and then across the top was like a sort of blue and it was like sort of like printed to look like um, stone, although it was like this bright, bright blue color. And across the top between the pillars was like a sign, you know, Michael Jackson's history or something like that. And I had, you know, as was what people did back in the olden days and when there was music shops, you know, you would try and be the first one in there to go, what are you going to do with this when you finish the promotion? Can I put my name on it? Or, you know, can, what can I do to get this ginormous waste of space cardboard thing? And um, they put my name on it. And then I went back to collect, because I would always go past and it would still be there. And, you know, you, you'd left your name and your phone number. And then... I never got a call about when to come and get it. So I, I went and asked them one day, um, I, I, I noticed that the thing's not up um, and you never called me. Have you got it out the back for me or something? And they're like, oh, actually, we just popped that in the bin today. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding thanks, me? Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Loyal customer, you know, whatever, spending money in your store and all that. And I was like, uh, where's the bin? And they're like, what? I'm like, Where's where'd you put it? And they're like, oh, it's up, you know, that end of the, the the mall where Kmart is, and it's out there. I'm like, okay, see ya. 
<laughs> and I went out there, and sure enough, it hadn't been crushed yet. And I pulled out as many pieces as I could. And I don't know if it was all of the pieces because I've actually never set this thing up. Um, but I'm pretty sure I got most of it. So I've got in the garage. Somehow it survived a, a flood that happened at our rental once in 2009 um, when other stuff got wrecked. Uh, I've got this giant history columns CD stand <laughs> made of cardboard all boxed up in the garage. That's incredible, you know, to think of like just the fact that that's like a 21-year-old artifact in your garage from the promotion of this amazing album you got to take a photo of it i'll put it in the show notes oh oh, i can't (laughs) it's it's been packed up for like moving house twice now and it's like because i've wanted to get some other stuff out of that thing and it is taped up good and it is a huge box because also in that is uh pepsi dangerous era um, Pepsi promotion stuff. Yeah. I've got like MJ sort of from the black or white video, you know, hand on his chest and his other finger pointing with the hat on. That's not in the best condition. Have that. I have sort of a big thing of, you know, on the dangerous album where the name of Michael Jackson is in lights and yes. his eyes. I sort of have a cardboard thing of that. And I also have like a, I don't know if the right word is like a triptych, but it's like a three pieces of the dangerous cover. So the centerpiece, which is like what was on the cassette with his eyes in the center part of the cover, and then the two parts on the edges. So the, the where the little ride goes in to the yeah. artwork. Yeah. Yeah. That I have in cardboard as well. And then a big foamy, which I think possibly is bad era circa bad era maybe early 90s dangerous promotion but it's using images from the bad tour so it's like this size of almost like the size of a door yeah um it's made of foam like polystyrene so it's pretty fragile and it's painted red and then there's been black paint splattered on it as a pattern like drips of paint splattered across it. And then in foam letters, black foam letters down one side is Michael Jackson. And then there's like bad era concert, live concert photos. Uh, Like they were posters and they're sort of cut out and stuck on in strange eighties angles and stuff (laughs) on um, that thing. That one I have shared a photo of actually, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think I've seen that for sure. So all of those things are, boxed up in the garage and yeah i don't think i've got room to put one out let alone all of them <laughs> it's cool you have them though that's that's neat that's it is neat. but like what am i gonna do with them so if someone wants to offer me like 10 grand you can have them ten thousand uh, dollars i don't know that's a, that's a lot no one's gonna pay that no no one no one will pay that but I've got this stuff in the garage that I haven't actually seen for years. <laughs> so that's that's my embarrassing story. That's some fan chat that's for you. That's not really embarrassing. That's just cool that you I did. I was dumpster that. diving, man. No. That's pretty embarrassing. Well, a little bit. That's a bit crazy. That's like crazy fan stuff right there. Well, I've got some embarrassing stuff too, but it's not like it's not like uh 
tied to a specific album or release or anything like that, but I've got it. Do you want to hear something embarrassing? I've never said this on the show before. Oh my God. Of course I want to hear. Okay. When I was a teenager and I was at school, this, I shouldn't say this because, you know, normal people aren't going to understand this. Only like full on mega fans are going to get this. Plus you work at a school. Are you going to get in trouble? No, 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 no. Okay. No. Okay. So when I was in high school, big Michael Jackson fan, grade 10, just saw 30th anniversary. He was a hero to me, like massively. And we had to wear a uniform. I had to wear blue socks with black shoes and long blue pants. Okay. But yeah, I had the uniform like that. Yep. I, I broke the rules. I didn't care what they said. I wore white socks every day to school. <laughs> <laughs> I had white socks every day under my black pants every day. And I even took it to a new level. I even did, I will admit, live on the MJ cast. And I'm going to cop something for this. I know. I also used to have band-aids on my fingers. Whoa. I did. I did that. And <laughs> I may have even experimented with eyeliner here or there, Q. <gasps> I know. I've never heard this. I know. I did. I did. So you know that you know the dangerous look? It was yeah, I was that was me. Sometimes, not all the time, but yes, anyway. <sighs> well, at least you weren't going for the thirtieth anniversary look. <laughs> No, I was not. I was not. <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, okay. That's, wow. That's so, did thing. you get in trouble for the um, white socks? Uh, yeah, yeah. I used to, but I didn't care. I didn't care. I was a Michael Jackson fan. So, you could sort of hide it because you'd, you'd trouser the length of them and they'd come down to your shoes. So, it was pretty easy to hide um, unless you were sitting down or whatever. But but I didn't care. That was like a- Did you wear- Sorry. Like, so, your black school shoes- Black school shoes, were yeah. they Were they loafers? No, they weren't. Or they, I sort of did. I, I went for the loafer look, but like without getting actual loafers. So you know how you can get like, you know, the Colorado, whatever, black leather shoes, but without laces? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the slip-on ones. So I sort of had them. So they were pretty formal okay. and modern, but not yeah. loafers. So it's like halfway there. But I used to wear only loafers pretty much. Oh, I had wow. two pairs of shoes. I had like um, sneakers, like they were like Converse ones that were secondhand from one of my best mates and loafers. That cool. I remember getting my first pairs from like Big W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to only wear, and I used to wear them with shorts and track suits and everything I wore that didn't match at all. <laughs> Bodies. <laughs> Literally, like, <laughs> so embarrassing, man. Oh, that's funny. Well, the things you do for Michael, right? The things you do for yeah. Mike. I remember wearing um, one glove to school in when I was in Queensland. You would have been. You uh, would have had some questions asked about that. You can't. The gloves yeah, it, aren't it was always. It, it was always like, "Have you hurt your hand?" Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah. What happened to your hand? I used to rep Michael in non-embarrassing ways, though, too. Like, I would, I used to work in a video store, Blockbuster, for years when I was growing up. Loved it. Best job ever. And That's we, so cool. Uh, I never uh, knew that. I used to, yeah, I worked at Blockbuster Civic. Uh, I used to love video stores. It was the best part about it was I got free videos. I could take rentals home every night for free if I wanted. It was no so good. way. So good. Anyway, so we, we had these three big TV screens in there and shifts were like six hours at a time. So I would always put on, 
I had a copy of 30th Anniversary Concert on VHS. So I would play that in the store all the time. And without doubt, the customers, we'd have 30, 40 people in the store when Billie Jean was on. It doesn't matter what aisle they were in, what videos they were looking at to rent. They would stop and they would watch the TV every time. Only Michael could do that. I want to know... Um, how many people then said, where is this on the shelf? <laughs> yeah, well, we used to have people asking for it. And I'd say, well, it's not, they haven't released this. We're, at the time, I always thought it would be coming out soon. You know, I was like, it was on TV. It's huge. It's got to come out. But it never did. But we had Moonwalker and, and different things that we rented them. And yeah, but never 30th anniversary. I also bought the store. We had um, a huge catalog of DVDs. Um, but we didn't, from memory, I think we only had Michael VHS stuff. So I went yeah. out and with my own money that I got paid with, I bought the video store, History on Film, Volume 1, 2 and Number 1s to put in their collection for the customers. So that people could then rent them out? Yes. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> That's so cool. Well done. I just wanted people to, to see MJ stuff so bad. So, and I couldn't stomach the fact that our store didn't have Michael. I used to rent like the the making a thriller VHS and the Janet Control um, VHS as a kid. I really am not that acquainted with Janet Home Video. I need to though. Like I I really need to. I don't know what sort of DVDs and stuff she has, but yeah, I need to do that. I've got some of the I've got some of the concert DVDs, like the the tour that she the Hawaii concert. All for you. What was that? With the pink yes. fluffy fedora? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that was it. But um, yeah, she has a pretty decent video collection out there. Yeah. yeah. Michael's best one was the dangerous short films. I think so because it's got all the behind the scenes stuff in with it, like the black or white filming and the, the food fights and yeah. yeah stuff great. that we literally had never seen before and that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And there must be still so much more of that stuff floating around, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I had that on VHS. I remember having that on lay-by yeah. and paying bit by bit off. And, yeah, that was very cool. Did you ever at school or, like, even after school find yourself in situations where you had to, like, properly defend Michael? Like, big time, like, sit down, sit someone down and say, look, I need to tell you, I need to educate you on the truth. Um, not really. You just like, ignore those people when they start bagging him out or whatever. It's just you move on. Well, you know, back then I was like a kid and they would say, why is he wearing makeup? And I was like, I didn't really know that it was makeup and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but even before I was a fan, like, you know, this was when I was a really little kid, you know, there would be jokes on the playground about, you know, Michael has a hair transplant and that's not his hair. And, you know, when you're not even a fan and you're just a kid and you don't actually even know who you're talking about, you sort of repeat them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I did that. I did that. I feel bad yeah. about that. Oh, totally, for sure. Um, I, Yeah, back then, you know, it was not something that you could find information about. And it was like... You know, the Dangerous album was before all of the bad stuff really started. Yeah, and you'd always find good people too, like in the crowd of people paying Michael out. There'd always be some people who were like, had his back. I remember this one guy that I was friends with and he, the whole um, Gavin Arvizo allegation thing was going on. And then 
sometime around then, it might have been before that, I can't remember, but whenever private home movies came out, like there was, a, I remember a crowd of people just paying Michael out and saying, you know, how you know bad he was or whatever <clears throat> with the allegations. And then this other guy was just like, yeah, but did you see private home movies? What a awesome dude that, you know, Michael Jackson is. It was always That's cool. Yeah, it was always good to find that. It's always cool. I I don't know about you, but I love it when other normal people that aren't mega fans just that I, when I interact with them positively about Michael. I love those moments. Well, I get like a lot of stuff now at work when people find out that I'm a fan and that you know I co-host a podcast <laughs> and stuff. You know, I get a lot of people saying, "Oh, I saw him in concert in like the '90s." Yeah. So that would have been like the history tour, you know, I went, saw him in Perth or wherever for, for years after his passing, I would, you know, come into work and in my little mailbox, the pigeonhole, there'd be like a, someone would have a Rolling Stone magazine or something and they'd put it in there for me. That's sweet. Um, but yeah, I get a lot of stories when people went and saw a concert. Yeah. That's always pretty cool. They they were still, you know, raving about it and blown away. There was a guy that I worked... Okay, I actually worked with... I don't know this lady's name anymore, but when I worked in a department store, she was an American lady, and she told me that she went to school with Michael Jackson. Wow. Like pri- primary school. Wow. I think it was. Maybe it was high school because it was in... I don't remember. Um, I don't remember if it was in like Indiana or if it was in California when yeah. they moved to California. So, but she said that he was in her class and another workmate once told me a story when he was here in the nineties for the history tour. Uh, and he was staying at this hotel out on the ocean front uh, in Scarborough in Perth that he used to phone down to like the office lady, the reception sort of lady. It was like an older woman that worked in a back office. I guess, you know, maybe she was like the the one that could send room service up and coordinate cleaners to go to places and stuff like that. And he would just talk to her for hours on wow. the phone. Wow. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah, Look, I thought that was pretty cool. If it's true, you know, that's pretty funny that he would do that. There's a lot of unknown stories out there still, I think, about Michael's interactions with people and, you know, I'd like to hear a lot about that stuff. The problem is you never know. People come out with books, you know, like, you want to buy this, you know, I'm going to sell you my story about Michael and you never know, like, you never know how true it is really. But yeah, it's fun to think about. It is, it is. Any other stories? I don't know, there's stuff hidden away in my memory like that I can't really recall like very well, but I remember I remember once uh I used to spend a lot of my time related to Michael Jackson honestly was spent online in like forums and stuff mainly. And I remember getting really involved in like the 2002-3 era when I think there was one year Michael was having a birthday party at Neverland and he had like some kind of concert or something going on there. And there was a, a radio station in America called Kiss FM, I think. And they were like broadcasting the um, party in Neverland. And Whoa. yeah, yeah. And I was listening to the broadcast live 
online and they gave opportunities for fans to ring up and leave voice messages and, and things which they would then pipe over the speakers at Neverland. Wow. And I called up and I don't know how, like I, it's very faint memory, but I think, yeah, I think I remember having, like I submitted like an audio thing through the voicemail or whatever, and I don't know if it was ever played at Neverland or whatever in that moment, but yeah, I think that's, uh, there's a chance, there's a very slim, slight chance that my voice was played at a Neverland birthday party for Michael Jackson through Kiss that FM. That is very, very, very cool. <laughs> But I did a lot of wow. online stuff. I was online like all the all the way through the trial, every single day when there was new appearances. When Michael was, you know, at the trial, we, I was there online in MJJF chat rooms, chatting with fans and listening to Michael music. And that's where I had a lot of my education around rare tracks. I'd would I, people would what what would happen is in this chat room there was this the owner of the forum, Trisha name was. She would play like music through her mic for the whole chat room to listen to as we were talking about the new trial appearance and transcripts. So I, that was actually my first time listening to the Brian Lorenz song, Serious Effect, to be honest. I, I used to listen to that a lot in that chat room. Um, but yeah, I, I built a lot of great friendships and relationships on online uh, in different fan forums. And that's really where I met you guys through to be honest yeah like da yeah, damien sure. i went back and found a thread once of me talking with damien just after invincible had come out whoa online wow oh my god <laughs> and we were talking about the album and that's how i got to know him and then tj and then you and i remember once i actually went to damien shields's i drove down to the gold coast to his school because he was it was his graduation ceremony like a like a, it wasn't a, an awards night it was like a grad night and he um was getting on stage to perform a Michael Jackson rendition and it was so cool I, I, I drove I did that at graduation too I drove hours to be there and and um it was so much fun to see his classmates. It was all of his classmates just got up and just went psycho cheering for him because they knew how much he loved Michael and he did such a good job. So what what songs did you do at your grad? Oh, my God. It wasn't like – it was like a little medley. So we had – it was an assembly, like the graduation final year 12 assembly out on the quad. So this big open area – with like the, I guess you could call it the stage where, you know, the principal or whoever was up, you know, delivering the assembly, that was sort of, they were standing with the, the office block behind them. And then there were some steps down to the big grass quad area where we were all, you know, sitting as students. But for the final year 12 assembly, you know, all the year 12s are up there and, you know, every year they would do some sort of song and, um, I can't really remember the, the song exactly, but it was something like, if I wasn't a year 12 student at this school, I would be, and then related to like all the different students. And then when it was my turn, it was like, I would be a crazed Michael Jackson fan. <laughs> and I had like the open white shirt over a white t-shirt and 
like black pants and probably white socks and loafers and terrible, terrible hair, like a side, <laughs> like a center part sort of style hair, or maybe it wasn't then, maybe it was like a big long fringe over one eye, terrible <laughs> hair. Um, and so I had on cassette made this little medley. I think I had a bit of jam and a bit of black or white. And I can't think, I probably got the cassette in a box gathering dust somewhere, but um, yeah. So then that came on and then, so I was sort of doing a couple of moves and I guess it would have been a moonwalk. So I guess maybe Billie Jean might've been in there for like a little snippet. <laughs> and then like some of the girls, like they pretended to like rush the stage and try and like, you know, get close to me and like were <laughs> grabbing at my shirt and stuff. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. Apparently there might be a video of it somewhere, but I've never seen it. And that was like, it would be funny to see it again. I've never, I've never seen the video, but apparently it was filmed by someone there. Um, I heard and I've never seen it. So I have photos. There's blurry, blurry photos that I've shared before. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share them again in the show notes. I'll try and find them. I don't know where they are. (laughs) I did a similar thing at my grad night, but it was very impromptu. It was like our formal and just Billie Jean came on and I just went and just started dancing and everyone sort of crowded around to watch. So I did that. And then there was a sports carnival where there was like a dance off. What? That's not a sport. No, it was like in the. It wasn't like a part of the official proceedings. It wasn't like the sprint, oh. sprints and stuff. But like, it was sort of just like at the lunch break or whatever. They the announcer was like, "Okay, let's." You know how you have like houses at school, like the four houses, yeah. the different colors. Yeah, yeah I, I can't even remember what house I was in. I think I was in Bribey. But um, yeah, we had to uh, do a dance off the houses. So I just did an MJ thing, and it, the school was into that, which was cool. But how did you? How did you, my God, one last question for you. I want to know, how did you learn to moonwalk? And how long a process was it for you to learn how to moonwalk? Do you remember? I don't remember how long the process was, but I actually remember learning from someone that wasn't Michael Jackson. I remember learning. Like a video tutorial or something. No, that was, no, we didn't have those in those days. (laughs) It was actually from the... TV series, Jackson's an American Dream. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had recorded that on VHS and then I could, you know, rewind and pause and slow-mo and see how the actor did it. That's cool. I guess at that stage, we had only just got a VHS player and I didn't have any other Michael stuff on VHS. (laughs) So, yeah. I learned through watching I had videotaped a segment of eat uh entertainment tonight after 30th oh anniversary God. and I have were- got video boxes full of <laughs> clips from entertainment tonight all through the 90s it's crazy <laughs> they, they had a lot of MJ segments but so there was this one segment after 30th anniversary and I'll never forget what they talked about in it there was really it was only like three to five minutes long but they talked about a lot in it stuff like you know, like Whitney Houston and the, her shocking appearance at the 30th anniversary, all that sort of thing. But anyway, they 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 showed a snippet of Michael moonwalking in Billie Jean. And so I just kept playing that on repeat, on loop, and watching it over and over again. And then I would, I would practice in the mirror to get the feet movements right. 
and then on the tiles in my socks and boy, my feet hurt after trying that for like two <laughs> days straight. <laughs> oh, man. Fan chat. <laughs> Fan chat. Man. No, literally, I've got boxes. I used to sit there and just hope that some there would be some news because you would, unless they did something at the start of the show to say, coming up, Michael Jackson, you know, dangerous video clip or something, you know, unless they did that, you wouldn't really know. And I would sit there just with the tape in, ready to go, just ready to hit record and just to hope that there'd be clips. So I've got all these whole episodes, if I was at school or whatever, where there might be one tiny little thing in there or if I was home and maybe it was like an afternoon screening or something of it, then I would go back to the VHS that I had where there were other clips and I would queue it up so that when that one finished, I'd be able to press record and On the, the next, next one would start. Oh my so God. everything's always missing like the first half a second when they like, you know, John Tesh and Mary Hart or Lisa Gibbons would introduce the story. These kids today, they don't know how lucky they are with YouTube. They don't know the struggle. Like they don't TV know. ads, album TV ads, the tour TV ads for the history tour, or on the radio. The radio was even worse. You'd be sitting there with a cassette in in the like little stereo that you had, and you'd record a song when it came on the radio. Or it, I remember recording ads for the history album on cassette. Little, they were great ads, two great audio ads over the radio, like of little clips of, you know, disc one songs. And then the first single would be Scream and they'd play like a little bit of that and cool bell sound effects and ticking clocks and stuff. Well, mate, you know what you've got to do now? You've got to go back and get some of those ads for the show. We need to start putting well, them in the show. Well, maybe there might be some on YouTube, <laughs> but um, otherwise I'm just going to deliver a box at your house and you can start going through the archive. <laughs> Q's archives. It's it's ridiculous, Scary. like the amount of junk that I've got that I could just... I never edited it onto DVDs or made it digital. Oh, I've got another question for you I just thought of. When, mm-hmm. when you met the Hubs, what was the process of like you revealing to him how actually hardcore you are about <laughs> Michael Jackson? Because like that must oh, have been in your dude, mind. You really? must have been like, do I have to... How do I go in slow? Do I just say straight up? Look, okay. Well, okay. We met, we met in a nightclub. So my dance moves were very MJ and in sync sort of, you know, in sync kids that they dance like Michael Jackson, They, you know, they they very, very choreographed and isolated body movements and stuff. So my dancing as, as cool as I thought it was probably wasn't, but it worked. So there was already maybe that, but I do remember because when we met, we then didn't get to see each other again for six months until our second meeting. And between that time, I had got my MJ logo tattoo on my upper arm. What? You've got a tattoo? And you've seen my tattoo. No, like no, I have not. You've never yes, shown you me have. a tattoo. No, you haven't. I promise. Mm, I think you've got a memory problem. Okay. But yes. <laughs> so there was like, um, what is that? I was like, it's tattoo. Was that not there? And he's like, nope. I was like, yep, Michael Jackson tattoo. So I don't remember the other reaction or like much more than that, but I remember that. 
And then was it just like a slow, gradual release of like, hey, Hubs, I've got cardboard cutouts of Michael Jackson in my bedroom. Just letting you know. Yes, and because like- at the time, because at the time there was actually the dangerous one was um, I lived in this little old cottage house that had like really, it was a really old house. It was on the corner, really thick, thick, thick walls. Like, and they trapped the heat in the daytime. And then at night, the heat would just radiate into the house. And there was no air conditioning. It was like awful. And there were these huge wooden closets in the massive, massive bedroom. Because there was only like four rooms in the whole house. There was like a lounge room, a bedroom, and I guess a bedroom at the back, and then a kitchen. And then in the corner, there was like a bathroom that, but it was like really like a house square divided into four and the kitchen and the bathroom were like the size of what one of the bedrooms was. And on this huge wooden closet was that big dangerous album cover cutout. Wow. Well, there you go. Yep. He knew, (laughs) he knew what he was getting into. (laughs) And now he's going to put up with you being a podcast host. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, poor, poor hubs. Guy. Poor hubs. Oh, well. Man, have we picked, like, the most fitting sort of song for our last music break? I think we have, yeah. That was a that was a coincidence. Um, <laughs> coincidence. Oh, my God. Uh, that wasn't my joke, and I really should credit that to the lady that said it. I can't remember her name, though. She's the actress that played in was it the hbf ad where it was like um nice nice lead foot ronda with katut <laughs> what's that lovely actress's name she's in like heaps of tv shows in australia as well i don't know yeah so i had her on a flight once and she was talking about my name and she's the one that came up with well, that's a q incident yes oh question on your name badge do you yes, have it just says Q. so you don't have your full name? Okay, okay. No, it just says Q. Only no one says my full name ever. It's just Q. Just Q. Just Q. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, let's listen to the Avion remix of "Remember the Time." Remember 
you remember how we used to talk? You know, we'd stay on the phone at night till dawn. Do you remember all the things we said? Like I love you so I'll never let you go. Do you remember back in the spring? Every morning when the birds would sing Do you remember those special times? Then they'll just go on and on In the back of my mind Hi, this is Kevin Stade, dancer and associate choreographer for Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Oh, you've actually got a find of the week now, Jamin. Yes, I do. <laughs> I just... You can't. You've spelt. You've made a spelling mistake. I see, though. <laughs> I know. I know. Elise will figure it out. <laughs> How do you pronounce that word? Anniversary. 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 There you go. All right, man. What's your find of the week? All right. So, um. Everyone knows now that listens to the show that 30th anniversary celebration is when I became a Michael Jackson fan. And I still watch it regularly, you know, like I watch it a few times a year. Um, Well, not like sit down and watch, watch it, but like have it on in the background or whatever. And um, yeah, I don't know what versions aired around the world, but we were lucky enough in Australia to have it aired twice. Um, And the second airing of it was the one that had Britney Spears performing The Way You Make Me Feel with Michael. But the first version... I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, but other fans tell me from like America or other countries, certainly the UK, they tell me that the the show they watched was only like a couple of hours long. But in Australia, for whatever reason, we got like a hectic long version of it, like three hours. It went for a really, 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 really long time. And there's heaps of performers that performed in our long version that I'll talk to other fans about. And they'll be like, we never saw that. We never saw like, I don't know, like Dion Warwick or like um, Gloria Gaynor or whoever. Because the show itself was a mix of um, like, it was basically all people paying tribute to Michael Jackson, obviously, before he, him and his brothers hit the stage. So it's got a mix of then contemporary artists like Aaron Carter and Destiny's Child. Billy Gilman. Yeah, yeah. And classic artists from like the Motown era, all in one. 
and awesome video interludes going back to Michael's history as an artist. That was actually one of the parts Man. of it that made me a massive fan, to be honest. Man, I miss video interludes so much. Oh, the ludes. So great, great concert. And I want to recommend to everybody to watch the long version if you haven't seen it. I'm talking like the three-hour one. It's only out there in like VHS quality because... I don't think it's, it's ever- from the box out of Q's closet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it ever aired again in high quality um, after that. But yeah, it is on YouTube. So I'm going to link you guys to the long three hour version of 30th anniversary concert with heaps of great performances from Motown era artists in there as well. And some cool crowd shots of Michael and his family watching the show as it happens. So enjoy. That will be cool. And if I find myself with three hours I need to fill in, <laughs> it has been about 87 years since I've seen that. Well, so. the, the longest version of the show, put it this way, the longest version of 30th anniversary is still two hours shorter than our longest episode of the podcast. This is the truth. <laughs> Man. It's funny because then they um, aired the history concert on, I'm going to say Channel 9, just from bad memory's sake. It is, yeah, uh, and it was, that was, um, it was Yeah, and it was edited down to like 45 minutes. How weird is that? What What is that? I was ropeable. I was so angry. I, I remember going, that was the night I went to like someone's 21st birthday party. So I'd set the VHS to, to record that and um, got home and I watched it straight away because of course I couldn't wait. And I was like, are you kidding me? 45 minutes. So angry. That was anyway. So weird. Anyway, I have the find of the week as well, and I've been like hanging out to share this one. Um, I've probably tweeted it out, I guess, when when I came across it finally. Now, this was created by my like one of my favorites on YouTube. Uh, it's a guy uh, on Twitter. His name is at RoboMJ. Uh, and on, he used to make amazing like video mega mixes on YouTube and then douchebags used to steal them and re-upload it to their channel and stuff like that. And he used to come up with these amazing creative ways to try and watermark his videos. So it would sort of help like stop people stealing them, but it didn't really help. And, um, when I used to have little fan sort of get togethers, I would like line up a couple of these on like a laptop and play them and stuff. And it was really cool. And then he sort of just stopped making them and, you know, life goes on and everything. But then I found his channel on YouTube and some of his stuff was still there, but um, he's a listener of the show, which is really cool. That's and we spoke to him last year and he was the guy that said something about, um, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, there was Michael Jackson orchestra s sort of performances where they put the vocals of his songs to like an orchestral thing. And he made us that amazing, amazing smooth criminal track. So that cool. We also, in yes, so cool that we included in our mixtape season three. That's the one, right? Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah, season three mixtape. Yeah. So it's included in that and in the episode that we premiered it in as well. But at the end of last year, he made an amazing new big video mega mix. So YouTube, he couldn't upload it to. It's over on Vimeo. And do yourself a favor, as Molly used to say, uh, and go and play it. So the link is in the show notes. It's a great 
mix of music and special effects, the thriller special effects are like, whoa, this is so cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's really awesome. So yeah, it's just like reminding me of when I say like old school, I'm talking about like, you know, the mid 2000s. So not that long ago, really. <laughs> um, of like just finding awesome MJ video mixes on YouTube and stuff. So go and check out this new one. It's really cool. I love it. So thanks for your patience, uh, Robo MJ. And uh, thank you for making it. It was so cool to see another one of that quality again. It's been quite the drought. That's awesome. They just don't, fans, fans don't do stuff like that hardly anymore. There's some like remix my Nick. He grinds away making these awesome remixes. There's some people yeah, that but do like stuff. Yeah, but music, like music, music, yes, but video mixes. Video stuff, yeah. Not that, not that I see. Like, you know, they're like the interludes that you were talking about yeah. like, that used to play in award shows and stuff. Fans yeah. used to just make them. Because like, back then it was like, you know, celebrating MJ's 50th birthday. So let's make an awesome video mega mix and a video tribute. And it doesn't even have to have uh, Michael's songs in it it would be like other music in the background and big orchestral stuff and things like that and people used to do that like oh you know there's rumors of a new album let's make a little video thing yeah 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 you're right you're right you don't see as much of it now i don't know why no. i don't know oh well make some video so mixes people uh, yeah good ones <laughs> because the standard for me is quite high so that's our finds of the week yep that's it. That's it. We've had a good show. We've had a good show. I was going to apologize if the audio is different because we're trying something new, perhaps. Where, where, yeah, it's mission get Q's audio sounding good. So yeah. we're trying to, at the moment, Q still doesn't have a good mic, but you have purchased an app to record your voice locally on now. And maybe that has worked and maybe what you're hearing will be from me sending that to you if that works. <laughs> I already know that I've probably bumped a microphone here or there because I've got cables running right in front of my face and yeah. um, I should have Bluetooth, Bluetacked. I should have got some Bluetack to stick this other earbud thing on this plastic thing because i keep i've knocked it a few times and i'm like oh jamin's gonna go crazy when he uh, this. i'm sure it won't be too long before you have a good mic so we'll we'll sort we're that out we're getting closer we're getting, we're getting closer. closer we've got a literal shoebox from mj cast money for a rainy day so. yeah our own money our that own we're money. Like putting in to pay for stuff like you know <laughs> microphones and hosting fees and yeah. you know this will be hundreds of dollars every year all for Mike. Anyway, uh, two quick thank yous I had um, over on Twitter, Alex, which is at Al Natoli, I think, A-L-G-N-A-T-O-L-I. Uh, shout out to Alex. And over on Instagram, I know he listens to every show and he's very cool. He's a cool guy. He lives in the Joshua Tree part of California. His name is Joel Mayer England at Joel845 over on Instagram. Have you seen any of his posts? He is a like motorcycle artist. So he paints up motorcycle parts like the, the fuel tank and, and it's very cool. Go check out his stuff. But I know he listens to the show because sometimes he puts videos up and our show is playing in the background. Oh, that's cool. I've not I seen know. that. Link me to one of those. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. I want to give a shout out too to a couple of people. Um, 
uh, there's a guy on Twitter called Naz Bernard, N-A-Z-B-E-R-N-A-R-D. Oh, yeah. Hey, Naz. Yes, he's always interacting. He's interacting with us a lot lately. Love that. He's got a website called 2300draxonstreet.wordpress.com. He's in Auckland, New Zealand. And I think it's cool that Naz interacts with us on Twitter and everybody else should too. We're at the MJ Casts. We'll say hello if you add us. And also another person, Austin Ernst, I want to give a shout out to quickly because he is awesome and he's been interacting with us since like it's got to be season one, surely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I reckon. So love you, Austin. And keep Michaeling. There was another Kiwi that was on Twitter that I was chatting to recently. Hang on. There's so many people we talk to, guys, like across so many networks. It's so hard to keep track of people, but I will <laughs> try and scroll. Maybe you can uh, talk about something else some, while you're finding that. It's like so- social media links or okay, something. Okay, yeah, sure. Well, the MJ cast is all across social media, all across the internet. We're, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, at the MJ cast. We love talking to you, so please add us so we can have a chat about Michael. And um, we're not on Tumblr anymore, so if you go to Tumblr and try to find us, you won't find us because we don't like Tumblr. Goodbye, Tumblr. You can also email us at themjcast at iCloud.com. Probably, you know, if I was to rank the things that really make you and I happy from top to bottom, I would say email would come in at number two. Number one is when you review us. If you go to iTunes and you give us like a review on Apple Podcasts, a nice five-star tip-top. These guys are good review. That is awesome. And then Facebook as well. Don't forget, you can they people do Facebook reviews now. Yes, you can review us there. And also, and then yes, then if you send us an email about you know you being a Michael Jackson fan and what you get up to and your story and 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 how you listen to the MJ cast, that's we love that as well. And then of course, yes, if you want to interact with us on social media, we're all across the different platforms. Was that enough time to you? No. Oh, okay. That's all I've got. Keep talking. Um, no, you need to keep talking. Okay, I'll keep talking about... <laughs> I, I was, I was, one, one other shout-out in the meantime to Marita. Marita Applehead. Marita's always cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. I She has... um, a, she, I was listening to her music the other day. I didn't know she was... A, like I knew she was a singer, but I didn't know she, she actually had her stuff online to listen to. Yeah, and writes everything. I want to say thanks to anyone that actually shares the show. That's always, like, massive when people do that so other people can um, hear the show, like telling people about the show. That's something we're going to do. We should, we should like do a little campaign at one point where we go um, tell an MJ fan about us and share a link and send us the screen cap. Yeah, we should. Let's do that. And shout out to Brianna Cabral. Because it's her birthday right now, Q. How did you know that? Um, she just put a tweet up. She just said, um, I know I'm late, but I just saw all the tweets. Thanks for all the birthday loves. So thoughtful and sweet of you all to send me wishes. I had an amazing day doing what my boys love, which always makes me happy. And then she says something in another language, which I don't understand what it is, but I think it's her birthday. Happy birthday. It was Carly's birthday recently. That's cool. And Charlie's birthday. Yep, he's now 30. As well. He, um, is that something? 
you can say. Yeah, yeah. He told me he doesn't care if people know he's thirty. But he's oh, okay. He's like, um, he told me he cares more about the fact that he is thirty than if people know he's thirty. <laughs> what do you mean? He hates being thirty. He hates being in his thirties. I think he's he thinks his youth's gone now or something. I love being well, older. I love being thirty-one. Yes, I, I yeah, it's. Yeah, youth is definitely going at that point, and Lord, oh, I think I found it. Um, but like for me, um, like thirties is probably the decade I would stay in forever if I could. But I just find that, like, I don't know what you think about it, but like I find as an Australian male that you from the general people around you you tend to get a little bit you get taken a little bit more seriously oh my god for sure but that's deservedly so because thinking back to in my 20s how stupid were we yeah i was pretty stupid like like oh my god yeah how embarrassing yeah that's why i picked 30s to say in and not 20s <laughs> although it would have been cool to, to have all my wisdom and knowledge of my 30s in my 20s yeah that would have been cool yeah Final shout out, DJ at DJ NZ, hashtag crew life. There you go. Found it. Nice. Done. All right. Well, that is a wrap for our show. That's episode 78 of the MJ cast. Nice news and discussion show for you there. Make sure you tune in in two weeks time because we will be back with a special episode of the MJ cast. We will be interviewing a Michael Jackson collaborator, Brian Loren. Brian, someone that worked on songs with Michael Jackson for a number of years through the late 80s and 90s. Uh, He's got a fairly sad story in some ways, um, but we're going to delve into that story. It's a raw interview. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. It's emotional. Quite the character. um, Emotional. Um, And you are going to hear from Brian. So enjoy that. Until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful fortnight ahead and keep Michaeling. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the MJ Cast episode 78. If you're going to be live tweeting or talking about it online, use the hashtag, hashtag the MJ Cast EP78, and then I can read all of your talk and chat about it. Sometimes we make people's Instagram stories, which is always cool. So thank <laughs> you for that. I like that. But I'm going to sign off now and hope to God that this recording has worked and that I can figure out how to get it over to you. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you next time I appear on the MJ cast. Michael on. Guess who followed us on on Twitter? I really. <laughs> this was like the highlight of your week. This was the highlight of my week. Jackie Jackson, Jackie yes, Jackson from Jackson cool. Fives, following us on Twitter now. 
Yes. How gorgeous are his little, like, little kids, by the way? I love seeing his, his family twins. photos. So cool. Yeah. He shares so much family stuff. Marlon actually shares a bit on Insta as well. I know. It's super cool. So what are we doing? Are we going to try and get Jackie on the show? We got to... Oh, you know what we should do? What? We should ask our listeners... Okay. ...to yes. ask Jackie... Yes. ...go on the MJ cast. If you are listening to the MJ cast right now... In the post-show, you you have a smart listener. You're just like a person at a Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe film... After the credits, you are still sitting in your seat with the leftover popcorn dregs and you are, for that after credit scene, you are here now with the post show. Okay, so. you're, you're, you're one of the top listeners. Anyone who listens to the yep. post show, you're one of the best. Now, yep. you have to stop, the sh- pause the show, go to Twitter, at Jackie Jackson 5, I think it is. Is it? Let me check. I'll just go to our followers to check. <laughs> You should check in his Instagram as well, you know, okay, and they could also send him messages on Insta. It's Jackie Jackson Five at Jackie Jackson Five on on Twitter. I'm going to Instagram right now, and I yeah. I, so we've got a little mission. You can go do this. You can very easy. This. It is Jackie Jackson Five. Same on on Instagram. Love it. So what you need to do is you have to pause, go on social media right now, communicate with Jackie Jackson and say to Jackie Jackson, Jackie, you're following the MJ cast. You've got to go on their show. Tito's been on there. How come you haven't? Go on the MJ cast. We want to hear from you. And then yeah. So and go, add go, us, at, include us. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. But go ask Jackie. Jackie, go on the MJ cast. Yes, yes, yes. And we'll keep and we'll have Jackie on the MJ cast. That would be amazing. We're coming up. Maybe. We'll have episode 100 coming up. So we've got to have someone on there. But Oh, my God. We'll see. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. We would love it, of course, to be able to share stories from Jackie. I, I heard a great podcast. Might have been with like Rolling Stone or something. And he was talking uh, very, you know, emotionally about, you know, memories mm. of Michael. And uh, that was when the book came out. So he was really proud of that. But yeah, go at him and just ask him, Jackie, go on the MJ cast, hit him up. We'll have him on. And like, he's an important dude because he's like um, involved in a lot of the creative decisions of the estate. So I'd like to, I want to chat with him about his time in the Jacksons and, and, you know, memories of Michael and his solo stuff. And, but I also want to ask him about like how things work, you know, like he's involved now with the different projects that come out. So Mm -hmm. that would be interesting. All right, that's your little mission, guys. Go do that. 